on one's own. People in the city often raise these questions to those who have taken the monastic ordination. Are you allowed to marry? How will you get on without being married? Won't you be lonely and feel lonesome? These questions infer that all the happiness in the world cannot be appreciated unless one lives a married life. However, a layman once confided to me the troubles of a married life as follows. It is known to all that marriage is the tomb of love. When lovers get married, any little sentiment of romance vanishes, leaving behind only endless responsibilities and conflicts. First, there is the baby. Without producing one, people suspect you have problems, either physically or mentally. Once a child is born, we must make ourselves subservient to his growth and development. When he goes to school, we are concerned about his studies. This is followed by worries over his job, family, children, and on and on without a break, as if we are tethered to a rope that can never be undone until we die. It is so true. Everyone believes that this is how one fulfills his duty to society. However, the wheels of history will never stop moving because of your marriage status. Come to think of it, what on earth is a married life good for? In reality, the ordained life is the most carefree, unrestrained, and pleasant kind of life. Happiness is not necessarily attained by being in a crowd. High up in the sky, the moon outshines all the stars thanks to its sublime qualities. Near the mountain brooks, pine trees stand tall and reach to the sky, thanks to their indomitable spirit. In the meditation cave, the recluse attains great bliss because he has tapped the fountain of happiness. Geshe Potoa says, Nowadays, people invest a huge amount of time to plan for the future, but they know not that as a practitioner, it is important to forbear solitude and to learn the art of getting on by oneself. Tsiangpa Gyara also says, If you want happiness, choose to live by yourself. When food is abundant, enjoy it to your heart's desire. There is no need to share with others. If food is scarce, you still feel at ease because there is no worry to feed others, and you are happy. Even during perils like cold and starvation, you can endure them all by yourself. This kind of life is a pleasant one. Gisha Kappa says, Worldly people who are rude, brutal, irascible, and selfish, I am better off without keeping them as my retinue. The subjects I keep are diligence and wisdom. I never grow tired of them, and all my needs are fulfilled. Lastly, I am offering everyone a teaching from Gushu Bawa. When you possess great wealth and fame, people are obedient and submissive to you. When you become powerless to exert any favor or damage, you are humiliated, even by those who have been cared for by you. In degenerate times, it's difficult to benefit or care for followers. Prepare your own meals and do not order people around. The best and most reliable attendant is our own pair of hands. There is no need to put on a pretense for them.
Enjoying good things by oneself is relaxing and delightful. For an ascetic, the food supply never exhausts. Sustenance for one person is easy to find everywhere. Clothes for one readily give enough warmth. Practicing Tumo Yoga brings excellent heat. The pleasure of living by oneself is indeed great. Cozy and sweet is my thatched hut, toward which I hold no clinging. 28th of March, Year of Renwu, May 10th, 2002.